Are you getting sick of winning? Because I'm not. But that's what's happening for the Big 12 Conference right now. I'm Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. That's how you find us covering the Big 12 from top to bottom. Thanks for being here for another show. We appreciate you joining us here, whether it's on YouTube, subscribe, the podcast, or, of course, Facebook Live. So the Pac-12 got more bad news this week. According to Brett McMurphy on Wednesday... The Pac-12 is losing suitors by the moment. Brett McMurphy, Action Network, reported that CBS and Turner are out when it comes to negotiations with the Pac-12 media rights package. They still do not have a suitor, and now two of the biggest suitors are saying, we're not interested, we're done, see you later. And now that means what? If the amount of people interested in you dwindles, then your demand and the value of your product goes down. If less people want your product, the value of that product decreases. That's supply and demand. That's basic economics. I'm not sure if Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov understands it, but that is basic economics. And the Pac-12 is finding itself in a horrible position where basically it looks like they're going to be left with ESPN. And ESPN is going to say, we're offering you fill-in-the-blank amount of money. Either take it or leave it. But we're not giving you big $12 at 30, 40 mil a year. We're not going to do it per school, of course. We're not going to do it. There's no reason to do it. You've got 10 teams right now. You've lost the Los Angeles market, two of your biggest brands in USC and UCLA. We're not paying 25, 30 mil a school for Washington State against Oregon State on a Friday night. We're not doing it. Or a Saturday night. Doesn't much matter. We're not paying for that for either night. So the Big 12 is just sitting back and licking its chops and enjoying every second of this, as they should. Because as we've told you time and time again, they have cleaned the Pac-12's clock over the last 6 to 12 months or so. Really the last probably 6 to 8 months since USC and UCLA announced their bombshell move that they were leaving. And, and this comes, by the way, just a couple of days after this statement came out from, uh, from the Pac-12. There was a statement that the conference released on Monday night. And here's what the Pac-12 said in this statement. It reads as follows, and it's a total joke. The 10 Pac-12 universities look forward to consummating successful media rights deals in the very near future. Based upon positive conversations with multiple potential media rights partners over the past weeks, we remain highly confident in our future growth and success as a conference and united in our commitment to one another. Compare this to, let's just say, that couple that you're friends with that always breaks up, right? You know they always, every couple of months they break up. But then they post this little makeup post on their Instagram, and their post is something like, we love each other. Oh, we're going to live happily ever after forever. Love you, honey. You know those people, right, on social media. But you know they're going to break up eventually. You know it's not going to work because you've seen it happen before. That's the Pac-12 right now. They just put up their little cute, fancy, nice Instagram post to signal to the world everybody's happy. We're in love. We love each other. It's not true. Nothing about it is true. And the fact that the Pac-12 has to put out a statement 
professing their love for each other tells you everything you need to know about the fact that they do not love each other right now, and nor should they love each other right now. There is no need for them to be loving each other right now. So first off, they put out a statement saying they're looking forward to consummating a new media rights deal in the very near future. And two days after that, two of the biggest suitors, CBS and Turner, according to Brett McMurphy, pull out of the deal. You couldn't have a worse 48-hour stretch than that if you're George Klievkov and the Pac-12 conference. That's horrible. And then they go on to say in this statement that we remain committed and unified to each other. If you're putting out that statement, the end is near. There is no reason for these 10 Pac-12 schools to be unified with each other right now. Absolutely no reason to do that. Why would they? Why would they want to be unified with each other right now? If you're Arizona State, why would you be loyal to what's going on in, uh, in the in the Pac-12 right now. Why would that be at all of interest to you when you look at where this thing stands right now and the fact that this conference is on the verge of completely collapsing? There's no reason to be unified. There is absolutely no reason for anybody in this conference to not want to jump ship yesterday and go to the Big 12. And if I'm Brett Yormark, I am sitting back and just licking my chops and waiting for it all to happen. Now, you may say that someone's going to come in and swoop up the Pac-12. Who? Who's going to do that? And by the way, even if somebody does come in, Amazon, uh, you know, if CBS and Turner are out, ESPN, Fox, Amazon, like, who's left? Give me another outlet. Apple TV Plus or whatever that airs those Friday night baseball games. That was a terrible product, by the way, if you're a baseball fan. That's not a place that they're going to go. And by the way, those are not good places. The Pac-12 doesn't want to be in those places. Why? Because not a lot of people watch them. If you want to continue to be out of sight, out of mind, then that's where you go. That's why as much as I don't love ESPN, if you listen to this show, you know I'm not a fan of ESPN. I understand why Brett Yormark and the Big 12 stayed in bed with ESPN. Because in the end, ESPN is still the place where your platform is going to be the largest. ESPN and Fox are still the places where you will get the most national exposure. If the Pac-12 goes to one of these streaming platforms, Amazon, Apple TV, whoever it might be, out of sight, out of mind. Unless you're a diehard Oregon State fan, which there are six of those, Nobody else cares. Nobody else is going out of their way on their smart TV to find the Oregon State Cal game. It's just not happening. So now the Big 12 is sitting here and saying, okay, uh, we're in a great position. How does this impact us? We can get to that here coming up in a couple of minutes. But, like, who's left for the Pac-12? Is Spike TV still around? Anybody know about uh, Spike TV? Is that still a thing? Spike TV still like available to air some Pac-12 games. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I'm just looking at some of the comments here, and I, I don't think Amazon's going to want in. They got Thursday Night Football, right? They're not going to want to necessarily, and and they had kind of a clunky start with Thursday Night Football. Did Amazon like they didn't do a great job with that product last year? 
They should probably try to get that right before they start adding more sports to their portfolio. You want to think outside the box? Let me give you something outside the box. Outside the box, and this is going to create and take some time. It can't happen this year. But outside the box is Phil Knight, of course, mega donor for Oregon, Nike founder, creating some type of streaming service network. That's like, at this point, that's as good a bet as anything. Brandon on Facebook Live, they can head to CNN. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, I'll just put it this way. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but it will be probably better than whatever garbage product is on there right now. And I can't tell you what that is. I I can't. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, As I look at this as well, I'm thinking to myself, what is now the Big 12 impact? How can the Big 12 be impacted by this? What does it mean for the Big 12 conference? Well, what it means in the short term is that if your mark wants to make a move, and now's his chance to make a move for a couple of reasons. Pac-12 is as vulnerable as it's ever been, and the Big Ten doesn't have a commissioner. The Big Ten doesn't have a commissioner yet. That means that the Big Ten cannot, you know, the Big Ten's not going to poach anybody without a commissioner. Kevin Warren left. He's now no longer the commissioner of the Big Ten. So the thought all along has been Oregon and Washington will eventually end up in the Big Ten. I'm not convinced that that's the case because we don't know who their commissioner is going to be and what the vision is going to be for that new commissioner. So the Big 12 has got to be sitting there and saying, hey, um, Oregon, Washington, knocking on the door here. Uh, You guys want to make some coin or do you want to just hope upon hope that George Klyovkov is going to save you? What do you want to do? And that's where Oregon and Washington have to look themselves in the mirror and say, what's in our best interests? Now, I understand the fear for many of you is that if the Big 12 gets Oregon and Washington, Oregon will be the new Texas. Oregon will be the team that tries to bully itself around and run the show. That's not going to happen. No offense to Oregon, but you're about to be part of a conference that's non-existent. You don't have a lot of leverage. There is one, and here's the beauty of the current Big 12 right now as well. There's an alpha male, there's an alpha dog, and it's Brett Yormark. This is all happening. This league is where it is. And, and I don't want to take anything away from Bob Bowlesby because I think that Bob Bowlesby reacted very well and got the four best teams on the board when everything fell apart in 2021. So I, I'm not saying that Bob Bowlesby did a bad job. I defended Bob Bowlesby more than most people did in my position. But what I will say is it is very clear right now that this is Brett Yormark's conference, and that's a good thing. One of the problems that we had with the old boys club of the Big 12 of the past is you had these guys who had too many ties to the individual universities because they were college athlete guys. They were college athletic guys. You know, that's what they were. That's who they were. Whether it was, you know, Dan Beebe, Bowlesby, Chuck Ninus, whoever. They came up the ranks of college sports. They had their favorites. They knew how the game was played. They let Texas push the conference around. Brett Yormark's in here to run this thing as a business. The guy's got pro sports experience. Rebuilt the Brooklyn Nets brand. Rock Nation, Jay-Z. I think there is an immense amount of respect 
for this commissioner, what he has done in a short period of time, his ability to have a vision, succeed on that vision, but also listen to those who know the college sports landscape better than he does. That's been my view from afar. That's what I've heard from a lot of people who are part of those conversations. So Oregon's not going to walk in here and just start demanding things. One, they don't have the leverage to do it. Two, there's already a big cat in town. There's already somebody running the show. If you want to be part of the show, if you want to succeed with the rest as part of the operation, we'll have you. We'd welcome you with open arms, Oregon, in the Big 12. But I don't really have that fear at all that we're going to be sitting here worried about whether or not Oregon joins the Big 12 and then tries to push around the league and then is bolting for the Big 10 you know, at first glance. Because one thing Brett Yormark's going to do is protect his conference from that potentially happening if we ever get to that point in time where Oregon decides it wants to ultimately join the Big 12 conference. So we got a ways to go. And then for Washington, I, I'm a lot less concerned about Washington. Washington wants to pair up with Oregon for obvious reasons, right? Washington wants to be with Oregon because they're sitting there saying that's our best partner. They don't want to be with Oregon State. Let's be on Washington State. Washington and Oregon don't want to be with their in-state schools. They want to be partnered together, not with Washington State and Oregon State. Now, the one thing to keep an eye on, the politics inside of those state legislatures. We've seen that happen, obviously, in conference realignment in Texas over the last 35 years. I don't know enough about the politics in those two states to know if the lawmakers could potentially play a role in trying to keep Washington and Washington State attached at the hip and Oregon and Oregon State attached at the hip. My guess is no. Look at what happened in Oklahoma. And if it wasn't going to happen in Oklahoma, it's probably not going to happen in Washington State or Oregon State. But that is definitely something to keep an eye on here as, you know, we have this conversation, look ahead and see where this all goes moving forward. Pete Mundo on HeartlandCollegeSports.com. We cover the Big 12 Conference top to bottom. Appreciate you guys joining us, being a part of the show. Hey, if you're on YouTube, subscribe. If you are on the podcast, rate, review, subscribe. We've got free Heartland College Sports koozies for you when you leave a rating and a review on iTunes and then send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. So we've got a lot happening here. Uh, Let me answer some of your questions. Let's see what we got on Facebook Live. What is this about Tulane and the Big 12? Nothing. Uh, That's from Donald. Nothing. There's this guy on Twitter, and I don't know his name. Anytime somebody sends me this guy's tweets, I'm like, stop sending me this guy's tweets. It's like a bunch of numbers and letters. He's an unidentified man, and he's convinced a portion of people on Twitter He's got all the insight on the Big 12 through somebody at West Virginia and all the realignment news happening. He kind of just randomly pops up with these viral tweets and these viral threads out of thin air. And I think that's what you're talking about, Donald. This guy just showed up and decided that he was going to start pushing all these Big 12 rumors, talking about Tulane and the Big 12, and I have not heard anything along those lines. I know nothing about that. I don't think that there's a fit there at all. There's a ton of teams more appealing for the Big 12 to me than Tulane, but uh, I assume you're talking about that guy on Twitter, and I don't know his name, and even if I knew his name, 
I would not be sharing his name because it's just a no-name Twitter account. But people buy this stuff. I mean, it's like, yeah, I saw it on the internet. It must be true, right? No, in fact, it's probably not. Except for this show, of course. Everything that we post is absolutely true. Uh, also on Facebook Live, what do we got here? Just got here. This is from Jared. Just got here. Not sure if you brought this up, but supposedly, according to Sports Business Journal, Amazon only wants one Pac-12 game a week. If true, it's not good for the Pac-12. Yeah, uh, that that is absolutely a report that's out there, Jared. You're right about that. Um, and you know, it's not a good look for the Pac-12. There, one game a week. They got ten teams, right? They got at least five games a week to offer. And if they think San Diego State is saving them, or SMU is saving them, they are completely kidding themselves. They are a bunch of jokers. A bunch of jokers. Also on Facebook Live, when are you going to remove the Texas-Oklahoma stuff from your wall? It's hard to watch your presentation with that nonsense behind you. Help us enjoy your show without that garbage. If you need help throwing it out, I can help. That is from uh, Thandy. Listen, man, as long as OU and Texas are in this conference, they're going to stay on the wall. Now, I've got to put the other four schools on the wall as well. We're going to do a little reshuffling here of the backdrop in the Heartland College Sports Studios. So we will do that in the coming weeks ahead. Don't worry. But OU and Texas are going to stay on the wall until they're gone. And I promise you, the day they're gone, they're off the wall. But that's going to be, what, July 1st of 2024. So it's going to be a little bit. So just bear with us and just look at my beautiful face instead of looking at the wall behind me. You know, I mean, I work in radio. I probably, and admit I do have a face for radio. But there are worse, uh, I should say, worse faces in radio than this one. So I'll give you a big old smile. And, uh, you know, you can look at my beautiful face. I don't know what to tell you there. Just bear with us, all right? That's all I can say. <laughs> now, on the basketball floor, this league is out of control. I mean, the last few days in this league have just been absolutely wild. Think about what we saw on Monday and Tuesday night. On Monday, uh, Baylor is continuing to roll. They beat West Virginia. Texas Tech upsets number six Texas. My goodness, are the Red Raiders going to have this big run and shock the world? Then on Tuesday, Oklahoma beats Kansas State. The Wildcats are reeling. Kansas tops Oklahoma State, uh, pulls away late. So, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, okay, we obviously still have a big game uh, Wednesday night, TCU-Iowa State. But right now, what is obvious and what we do know is that this league has a three-way tie at the top. The Big 12 is Kansas, Baylor, and Texas all sitting at 9-4. Not That's right. Three-way tie at the top. Kansas, Baylor, Texas are all 9-4. and four. And how much time do we have left? In the season, there are two. Well, Saturday, the regular season ends two weeks from Saturday. Think about that. Two weeks from Saturday, it's over. It's done. The Big 12 Conference, 18 games are in the books. And we have a three way tie with two weeks to go, essentially, in this league. This is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, Kansas State's a team that is fading and fading very fast. Um, so I am really concerned about the Wildcats right now. I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this team and I'm saying to myself, uh, I worried that this would happen. We talked about this a lot on the show, whether or not the Wildcats would ultimately start fading here. If it was too good to be true, if, uh, the reality was teams would start catching up with them. 
and they've now lost four of five games. Now, and it doesn't get easier. If you look at Kansas State here, look at what they've got coming up. They've got Iowa State on Saturday. Then they've got Baylor on Tuesday. And then it's at Oklahoma State, home to Oklahoma at West Virginia. You've got five games left for the Wildcats. You'd sign up for three and two in a heartbeat. You might sign up for two and three, I'd hate to say, which would put you at nine and nine in league play, probably middle of the pack. I mean, this conference is just unbelievable. But that's the team that I am most concerned about right now. I'm looking at this Kansas State Wildcats team and saying to myself, uh, they may end up, you know, as like a, where were they in the latest Lenardi bracketology? I'd have to look that up. We wrote about that on the site. But if they end up somewhere around like a seven seed, could they be the seven seed that, you know, I don't want to say they lose in the first round. I'd hate to see that happen to a 10 seed. But there will be people that will just be selling very quickly, very, very quickly on what Kansas State brings into the NCAA tournament, assuming things keep up at this pace. It's just not good. Not good at all. And apparently, uh, there was a big team meeting after the game, just in terms of uh, the powwow that they had after the game. And Jerome Tang had those guys in the locker room for a very long time. So he's rightfully so very concerned. Meantime, you got a Baylor team that is quietly, quietly coming on hot. Uh, you know, this is a top 10 team. And I feel like all the talk has been about the stories around Iowa State and Kansas State. And then, of course, Kansas, the defending champs, and Texas, and the Chris Beard drama, and the way the team's playing. And Baylor's just sitting there ripping off. I mean, how many wins has Baylor ripped off in the last few weeks? Baylor's 9-4 and four in conference play. They started off 0-3. They're 9-1 and one in the last 10 Big 12 games. They've won 10 of their past 11 games when you include the SEC Big 12 Challenge beating Arkansas. I mean, they're on fire right now. The Big 12 is absolutely, absolutely a grind. It's incredible. And it is by far the most enjoyable conference in this country, bar none. It is just outstanding to watch. Absolutely outstanding. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports. We're going to have a great week in the hoops. Uh, thank you, as always, for being here, for joining us, for being a part of the show. Uh, just so you guys know, a little programming note. Um, I am going to be out of town next week. So find me on Instagram. Find us on Instagram. Search Heartland College Sports on Instagram. Follow us there. I'll do some Instagram lives or some stories on there next week to kind of keep you up to speed on what's going on. Follow us on Instagram. We have a ton of Instagram content at Heartland College Sports. Search it there. And also on Twitter, I'll post some videos on Twitter. Same thing. Search Heartland College Sports. Subscribe on YouTube. Thank you guys for being here. And of course, on the podcast, rate, review, subscribe. I got free koozies that you can only get by leaving a rating and a review and sending me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. You guys have a great day. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.